Well, what's up, Propel Church? Pastor Nick here. I am so excited that you chose to join us today for Propel Church Online. We're so excited you're here, especially if this is your first time. If it is your first time, we would love for you to let us know you're watching by simply filling out a digital connect card. You can find that on propel.church slash online after this message. But man, I'm so glad you're here. Do me a favor. Go ahead and hit that share button. Be sure to engage in the comment section if you're watching this live or you're in a watch party. And I'm so excited because today we are continuing in our series called Asking for a Friend. Now, sometimes we have questions in our life and in our faith that we don't really feel comfortable asking. So we just ask that question for a friend, hoping that somebody will give us an answer. And so we polled you several weeks ago asking you, hey, what are some things that you want to talk about? And on week one of this series, we talked about how to share our faith. So if you missed that message, be sure to go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to that. You can watch those videos there. But then we talked about how to deal with difficult people last week. Come on, you ain't never going to outrun difficult people. They're always going to be around. So you might as well learn how to deal with them. This week, I want to talk to you about dealing with disappointment. All of us are going to experience disappointment at some point in our life. And sometimes when we begin a relationship with Jesus, or maybe we've been following Jesus for a period of time, we begin to think that that disappointment is just going to eventually evaporate, like at some point in our life we're going to stop being disappointed. And I'm not going to try and teach you today how to not be disappointed. I want to teach you how to deal with it, not if it comes, but when it comes. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. So it's not in this world you might have some trouble. In this world, there's a potential possibility that you're going to run into some obstacles. It's a certainty that you are going to experience trouble in this world. But he says this, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And I know this may sound cliche this morning, but I really believe that the best way for you to overcome disappointment is for you and I to really lean into our faith in Jesus Christ. Because the truth is, friends are going to disappoint us. Family are going to disappoint us. Your work environment, whether it's a boss or a co-worker, you're going to experience disappointment. Heck, even your church family at times will disappoint you. Because the truth is, when we put our hope in people, they're always going to let us down. I remember a few years ago, I was uh, working bivocationally, which uh, Propel Church has been a full-time thing for me since day one, but to supplement income, I was working outside of the church and, and was running business development for this agency and had worked, and we had grown this thing tremendously over the course of the years, and some promises were made and some contracts were signed that were conveniently lost, and I ended up losing several hundred thousand dollars. And I remember stepping back from that situation, being incredibly frustrated and angry, but more so I was disappointed. There were people that I trusted in. There were people that I thought were there to help me and, and spur me along, but in the end, they disappointed me. 
And I believe that some truths that we're gonna find in God's word today are gonna give us the answers that we need to overcome disappointment when it happens in our life. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18, Paul writes this to the church of Corinth to really help them shift their perspective. He says this, therefore we don't lose heart. Come on, isn't it easy sometimes when we have disappointing things take place in our life to just simply lose heart, to be ready to throw in the towel and to give up? Paul says we don't lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. In other words, there's the ability for you and for me, though outwardly we're wasting away, like the things in our life aren't working out. You and I are one day closer to death every day. That's not the encouraging word this morning, but like that's factual. We're wasting away. But internally, there's the ability to be renewed. There's the ability to find new strength, new purpose, new fulfillment, new joy. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is temporary is seen, but what is unseen is eternal. Folks, if you're watching this right now, I think one of the best things that you can do to deal with disappointment, number one for you this morning is this, look at your Savior more than your situation. I'm going to say it again because I just believe it's so good. You ought to drop a comment, a heart emoji. You better punch your friend if they're in your living room right now. Look at your Savior more than your situation. Paul says, yeah, we're outwardly wasting away. Day by day, we're being renewed. Why? Because we're not focusing on what's currently happening in this moment. We're focusing on things that are eternal. We're fixing our eyes. We're lifting our eyes above our situation to see that God is bigger than every single thing we face. The only reason that disappointment is lingering in your life is because you've allowed it to take residency for too long. Because disappointment is much like a storm. It will come and it will go unless you choose to run with that storm. If you choose to chase the storm, you're always going to live under it. But if you would allow your eyes to not be focused on your situation, but to be focused on your Savior, what you're going to realize is that God is bigger than every single thing you're facing. Disappointment will only continue to last when you allow it. But I can't focus on what's happening around me in these moments. I've got to focus on what God is doing inwardly in me. The word moment is uh, incredibly powerful, but there's a, a bigger word that I think is something that you and I both desire in our walk with Christ, and that's this word momentum. We want to be moving forward, but momentum dies when we mismanage moments. And most of the time, what you and I will do with disappointment is we mismanage the moments for learning opportunities and we sulk and we sit rather than moving into what God has called us to. So Paul says, we're not focusing on that. We're looking to those things that are eternal. 
Because the more you focus on God, the bigger God becomes. I, I love going to the mountains. I, I used to travel quite often. And I remember every time I would be driving through like the Blue Ridge Parkway, these mountains would look really small when I was a far distance away. But the closer I got to the mountains, the bigger and bigger these mountains actually became. And the truth is, that's what our situation is like a lot of times. Whatever situation or momentary struggle you currently have, the closer you are to it, the more you pursue it and the closer you get to it, the bigger it becomes. But the same is true for God. What if you stopped looking at those disappointing seasons or disappointing situations and you stopped just focusing on them, but you started focusing on how big God is? Because the truth is, God is bigger than every single thing you're facing. So I'm not going to focus on the fact that I didn't land that job I really wanted. I'm going to focus on the fact that God is my provider. I'm not going to linger on the fact that I thought I would be married by now and I'm not. No, I'm going to focus on God. If you're watching this and you're a single lady right now, you want a man to pursue you. But in order for a man to pursue you, you got to be running. So you chase after the heart of God. You pursue the things of God. And then as a man seeks after God with his own heart, he's going to find you. Because scripture says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Not a boo, not a side chick, not a bae. You need to be running. And as you run and pursue God, and you, not, you don't focus on your situation of singleness, but you focus on your Savior who has called you, anointed you, and is positioning you to grow in your relationship with Him. As you do that, the right circumstance is going to take place, and you're going to find what you've been looking for. I'm not going to focus on the fact that I continuously mess up. I'm going to focus on the fact that God is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances, that he's a redeemer and a restorer. I'm not going to focus on the fact that I got a bad report at the doctor's office. No, I'm going to focus on the fact that God is a healer and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God isn't surprised by what you're facing. I love how Job navigates this. Look at Job 42, verse 2. Job had tremendously difficult and disappointing circumstances. His family was taken away from him. Everything he had worked for was taken away from him. His livestock, his money, everything is gone. And rather than just being disappointed in those moments and sulking, look at what he says. He says, I'm convinced. You need to circle that, star that, highlight, underline, Toss your Bible in the air and then circle it again. I don't know what you got to do, but you need to remember it. Look, you can do anything and everything. Nothing and no one can upset your plans. That's what he's saying to God. Look at this, how powerful it is. When he's lost everything, he said, I realize something. And I'm fully convinced that nothing and no one. There are situations that you thought derailed you from the plans of God. Nothing can upset God's plan for your life. There were people in your life or mistakes you made with other people that you thought there's no way you're going to be able to overcome it. But no one can upset the plan that God has for your life. It's a good plan. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. I think we can take hope and confidence in the fact that God is a God who is redeeming, restoring, 
and given you and I the ability to keep moving forward in our walk with him. Everything that the enemy intended for evil, God is working out for your good. Stop camping out in disappointment. Allow God to redeem it. Here's the next point for you, because maybe you're in disappointment today and you're wondering, well, Pastor, that's great. I'm so glad I'm going to focus on my Savior and, and I'm going to do all that. And if you're a single lady, you got some great advice today too. You're wondering, what do I do next? Here's the biggest thing I'll tell you. Give your disappointment to God. I know, I know when we say give your disappointment to God or turn over your struggle, it seems like one of those cliche Christian things to say. But let me just uh, confirm something that your spirit will resonate with, I believe. Surrender is one of the greatest weapons you carry as a follower of Jesus. It's not a sign of weakness, but it's absolutely a signal of uh, understanding the power of God. To say, I surrender, I'm giving this over to God, is to simply say, Lord, I've realized that my deficiency is the perfect opportunity for your sufficiency. Where I'm weak, I know you can be made strong. Where I lack, you lack nothing. And so, God, I'm giving this to you because I realize on my own, I can't fix these things. Many times we get stuck in the struggle because we're trying to fix things that we have no ability to fix. It's like trying to put Ikea furniture together without instructions. And I know some of y'all are like, I can do that. You can't. You got leftover pieces and you were never supposed to have them. But we do that sometimes. We try and put our life together. We try and, and fix things on our own without the instruction. And you need the instruction and God has the instruction. Give your disappointments to God. Psalm 55, 22 says, pile your troubles on God's shoulders. I love it because oftentimes we try and bury, carry the weight of our struggle or our troubles on our own shoulders, but the only person that was designed to carry that weight is God. So pile your troubles onto his shoulders. He'll carry the load. He'll help you out. He'll never let good people topple into ruin. The truth is disappointment reveals where my hope really lies in. When I begin to get disappointed in situations or circumstances, I may have put my hope in people. I may have put my hope in my job or in money or my spouse or my kids or what my plans were for my life. And while all that's true, it's the perfect opportunity for you to run into the arms of God. It's the perfect opportunity for you to invite God in because he has a plan for you to prosper you and not to harm you. He doesn't want your life to end in ruin. He doesn't want you to topple into ruin, but God won't redeem what you won't release. Let me say it again. God won't redeem what you won't release. In the event that you're unwilling to let it go, God will let you continue to carry it. I know that seems like, well, how could he do that? But you've got to understand that, that God is a God of love, and where there is love, there is choice. Sometimes we, we say, you know, love is a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Because if you can fall into love, you can fall out of love. I don't want to fall in or out of it. I want to choose to love my wife, just as God chooses to love me. Love has a choice. 
you have a choice. If you want to keep carrying your mess and your sin and, and your disappointments, you totally have the ability to do it. But just know it will crush you because it was a weight you were never designed to carry. But God can carry it. And when you choose to release the things that you've been carrying, to let go of your troubles and your struggles, to say, God, here's my disappointment. Here's that situation. Here's that frustration. Here's that hurt. Here's that bitterness. Here's that anger. When you release it, God begins to redeem it. When you let go of it, God says, I'm so glad you tagged me in. Thank you. I was waiting. I was ready. I was available. All you had to do was turn to me and let it go. And from the moment you choose to let it go, God says, I'll redeem it and work it out on your behalf. Sometimes we get frustrated because we feel like the bad things in our life haven't been redeemed or they were wasted or they weren't restored. Maybe it's because you haven't released it into the hands of God yet. Because from the moment it hits his hands, he is working it for your good on your behalf. His plan for you is to prosper you. It's not to harm you. Sometimes we think we're ready to fix it on our own. And and for some of you watching this, I'll just tell you because this is how it was for my own life. God will let you continue to carry that disappointment until you make the situation significantly worse. Because sometimes... Until we realize that God is all we have, we never realize that God is all we need. So you can keep carrying it, but it might crush you. Or you can turn it over to him and allow him to redeem it and to restore it. Because nothing is wasted in the hands of our God. Last thing that I have for you today. I always say last thing. It may not be the last thing. I got a couple more things for you, but I'm going to land the plane. Take notes, it says this, pain turns to purpose with the right perspective. That's been my whole goal for today's conversation. This this message was geared and designed for you today to help shift your perspective. Because I believe a lot of times we live our life with the wrong vantage point. You've been trying to deal with your disappointment on your own. You've been trying to do your own way and your own struggle. But if you have the right perspective your pain can actually turn into purpose. I love, I love, love, love what Philippians chapter four, verse 12 says. It says this, not that I have already obtained this or that I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But there's one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what's ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Sometimes when we read this passage of scripture, we think that the best thing for us to do is just forget the past. I don't think you need to forget the past. I think you need to learn from it. Paul's not telling you to forget the past. What he's saying is, if you look at a race, like like imagine uh, a race where they got them baton thingies, right? (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. If you don't, Google baton race. It'll help you out later. They've got this baton, and, and what's happening is they're running as fast as they can. 
One person is running, they got that baton in their hand. And then as they go to the next point, they're transitioning. There's a transition point where one person is passing it off to the other individual. Paul, Paul is saying, when I'm running my race, I will miss out. I will lose out on so many things if I keep looking behind me. Because the more I turn around, the less focus I have on what's ahead. If you've ever tried running on a treadmill and you've looked behind you, you know what happens. Your face hits that little treadmill pad and you got skitties all over your chin, right? That's not what you want. You'll always end up falling whenever you choose to look behind you. Paul says, I don't have time. I'm not forgetting the past because I, I, I don't want to deal with the pain or address those things. No, 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 I've learned from it. But you know what I've also learned? I've learned that what's going to slow me down the most is continuing to focus on what's behind me. Because what God wants to do in your life is something fresh, something new, something that continues to move you forward. And the more you look back on your past hurt, your former circumstances, the things that people did to you or the things that they said about you in the past, it's going to slow you down. And there's a chance that you could get slowed down down to the point where you never finish your race and how sad it would be to run your whole life and realize that it was wasted because you spent so much time focusing on what was behind you that you never achieved what God had in front of you. Paul says, I'm taking off the weights. I'm not looking behind me. I'm pressing forward. I've got an eternal perspective that's given me the ability to not focus on the temporary things of this world, but to focus on what's ahead. I think too often you and I spend so much of our time focusing on things that are temporary. I'm not telling you to not go buy a new car. What I'm saying is, if you think that that car is gonna give you some affirmation in your life, it won't. If you keep focusing on temporary thing after temporary thing after temporary thing, you're never going to be satisfied. How do you focus on eternal things? You share Jesus with every single person you know. Maybe you're not comfortable sharing Jesus with people. You invite them to watch church with you online. Come on, one of the easiest ways we can reach our community with the gospel is to simply click a share button right now. And many of us are like, well, I don't know what my Facebook friends are going to think if they see me going to church. Guess what? They knew you were jacked up. That's a good opportunity for you to share how good God's love really is. Don't focus on what's behind you. Don't focus on your disappointment. Focus on what's ahead because God has a plan to prosper you in the future. And you're not going to achieve what God has for you if you keep looking backwards. The last thing that I want you to know with de dealing with disappointment is this. This is a season, not a sentence. Now, I, I am a, I'm not a good grammar person. Um, I wrote a book back in December and some of the most miserable experiences of my life took place in an editing environment. Because it's just grammar. Grammar's rough. But, a sentence with a period 
has an ending. And I think a lot of times when we're going through situations, we feel like this is a sentence. We feel like life is over, that we're never going to make it out. But it's not a sentence. If you're watching this right now, hear me say this. The disappointment that you're experiencing right now is not going to end you. It's a season. It'll pass. Shift your perspective. Focus on God. Because as you do that, I believe things begin to change and shift in your life. For some of you, the thing that you need to focus on for the first time in your life is God. You've been worried about what you can do and how you can accomplish all of these things in the world. But I want to tell you, you were made for more than that. And maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you feel like something is drawing you in today as you're watching this video. I want to extend a simple opportunity for you to begin a relationship with Jesus. But first, I want to tell you what Jesus did for you. The truth is that you and I, because of sin, were separated from God. But God chose to not make us work harder or strive for it to get back into right standing with him because that would never be enough. God chose to send Jesus to die in our place. And it was his payment that through his death, we could experience a relationship with God, that we could be made righteous or have right standing. And if you haven't said yes to Jesus, the truth is you don't have right standing with God. All of that can change in this moment by you simply placing your hope and trust in him. And if you want to do that today, I just want to say this simple prayer with you. Will you say this with me? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.